Welcome to the Horse Talk Show. You never heard of a talking horse? With your host, Louisa Barton. I want to be a famous rider. I should like to race. Presented by Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital. Truth is, I help horses with people problems. Now here's the Brit on the bit, Louisa Barton! Yeah, baby! <laughs> yeah. The Larson family has been farming hay in Idaho for generations with a mission to always provide high-quality hay products at a fair and reasonable price. Larson Hay loves to meet new customers while always honoring the ones they already have. Find Larson Hay on the web at larsonhay.com, like them on Facebook, and definitely visit one of their locations. Larson Hay, Idaho's finest alfalfa, and our television broadcast sponsor. The Horse Talk Show broadcasts from the CEP's equine studios in downtown Ocala in the horse capital. Thank you for joining us this week on the Horse Talk Show, presented by Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital and Complete Care. Thank you to Larson Farms, our broadcast sponsor, Idaho's finest alfalfa. I'm Louisa Barton in the studio this week. Very excited to have a great lineup for you. Uh, after this first segment, we'll have Dr. Adam Kayot uh, talking to us about joints. Then we have a very special guest, Dr. Tiffany Atterbury will be here with us for three segments and we're going to learn a lot about the Mongol Derby, which I think is so exciting. There's so many pieces to that uh, and to what a real adventure, what a challenge um, and what an incredible experience to have. And we're going to learn a lot about uh, her journey and her experience with that. So we're very proud of her. It was really a uh, incredible experience to follow on social media and our community did a great job of keeping up with her and uh, now we get to share it on the show so we hope you'll enjoy that and then we have uh, top rainer matt palmer uh, with us in the end of the show uh, to wrap it up for this week so we got a chance to be um, over at the north american reigning stakes thank you to shannon rafus and we got a chance to um to chat uh, to him, so that was really nice, and we get to share those segments with you uh, over the course of the next couple of weeks. So, um, we've talked about the Hobby Horse Equestrian Games, um, and we're pretty excited. That's presented by uh, Everglades Equipment, a, um, a local John Deere dealer, and really, really should be a wonderful event on October 22nd at the Florida Horse Park. Thank you to the Florida Horse Park and also to Ocala Polo Club. Um, for, uh, for helping us with this event. So this is one of our uh, CEP equine events that we use to benefit uh, the Equine Disaster Fund. And at this event, we're going to have top equestrians teaching uh, people of all ages, each one of the sports here, barrel racing, show jumping, reining, horse racing, and a polo match. And after your lesson, you actually get to compete on a stick horse. Uh, which is a little less intimidating maybe than being on a horse for the first time. And we'll have ribbons and prizes. We're also going to have an all-breed parade of real horses, uh, vendors, food trucks. It's free admission for all ages. The polo match should be a lot of fun. Ocala Polo is going to help us do a stick horse polo match at the end of the day. 
and um, should be a lot of fun. I think we're going to have some stick horse opportunities where you can go and make your own, maybe some um, pumpkin painting and some other fun fall things uh, going on. But we'll definitely have a meet and greet area for those um, all breed parade horses so you can take some photos with them. And um, we'll also have a couple of um, equestrians doing demos in a round pen that Clayton Fredericks is going to um, provide for us. So there'll be a VIP area and um, should be uh, should be a lot of fun. Should be a great event and very educational. We've got a little video, I think, that we can uh, show you of us playing polo. <laughs> the Hobby Horse Equestrian Games will be held at the Florida Horse Park on October 22nd. This event is part of the equine initiative presented by Piranha. And it's a great way to learn horse sports from top equestrians and compete yourself from the safety of a stick horse. We're seeking businesses who would like to compete against one another in the polo tournament and sponsors for the event. This event will be free to the public and all ages are welcome. Please reach out to Louisa at ocalacep.com if you'd like to be involved. Our CEP team there um, being really good sports, playing polo, so we can kind of show you uh, some of what we're doing. That was a lot of fun. Color Polo Club did a great job putting up with us, uh, trying to learn to play polo for the first time. Um, I just want to shout out for the Heart of Florida Youth Ranch. Um, we've been uh, supporting them and uh, helping them every way that we can. Um, we have adopted... Um, buddy there, Tennessee Walker there as our foster horse uh, here at the show and we would really like to encourage you to jump in and help the Heart of Florida Youth Ranch. Um, they have an equestrian program that's amazing. These um, young people live actually on site in Citra, go to school every day uh, from the Heart of Florida Youth Ranch and part of their day is to get up in the morning and take care of the horses and they learn all the important parts of farm maintenance and fences and mowing and feeding and all of that animal care and um, it's really an incredible program. The, these horses have had a huge impact on these kids who are learning a lot of basic horsemanship skills as well as riding um, and Brenda does such a phenomenal job with them and uh, uh, we've got a couple of them fostered and Patches would really like to be fostered by somebody. Uh, he's 19, she is 19 years old and a mare, uh, paint quarter horse, uh, trusting, quiet and caring. And you can reach out to Brenda at 352-425-0709 if you would like to um, foster patches. And it's only $95 a month to foster a horse. And you'll get updates and progress reports. And you also can visit your foster horse a couple of times a year when they have events there at the heart of Florida Youth Ranch. So if you can help uh, this 501c3 continue with their equestrian program, I think it would be phenomenal. Uh, I know that not just the, um, the physical part of being outdoors, working with these animals is beneficial, but there's a big um, emotional part as well for these young people to have this opportunity to be around horses. So if it's something you think you can do, um, Patches would love to be your foster horse. Um, a couple of other mentions for events. Um, there is a poker run in October coming up, Ride for the Cure. That is the 2022 Alzheimer's Fundraiser. Uh, they're going to have a camp out and poker ride. And that's October 7th, 8th and 9th. 
and that is at the Shangri-La Trailhead, which is a beautiful trailhead um, to ride at. And this is a great cause. This is a, um, an annual fundraiser that they do. And um, great fun, uh, great fellowship, great chance to get out and, um, and have a good time. So again, October 7th, 8th and 9th, Ride for the Cure. And you can actually um, find that and, uh, and sign up the information. I think they have a page on Facebook as well that you can, um, that you can follow. So and reach out to them. The information's up there uh, for you on that. So we hope you'll, you'll join in. And then Stirrups and Strides, uh, wonderful therapeutic uh, riding organization, another 501c3 that does so much in our community. Um, very, very wonderful job that Betty Gray does with, um, with that group and phenomenal. And they also do a uh, annual fundraiser for them. And theirs is going to be an urban cowboy night which is going to be on December the 3rd, and it's going to be at their covered arena in Citra, which is on Highway 318. And their events have always been a absolutely a great turnout, great fun, um, and they're going to have a Dolly Parton lookalike contest as well. Uh, Diva-like Dolly at the Urban Cowboy Night. Um, so... It's also a fundraiser. The contest is going to be at um, 6.30. So put your best dolly on, all for a great cause. Dolly attire is your choice. Finalists are chosen by the judging panel. <clears throat> Apparently, I'm one of them. Um, so I've never judged a, um, a dolly part in competition before, so I don't know how that's all going to pan out. But um, uh, I don't know. Is everyone going to have to have a tiny little waist? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Um, so it, sh it, should be, uh, it should be great. There's a $20 entry fee for that. That's the suggested donation. Um, and registration closes for that on November 30th. So we certainly hope you'll come to that. That noise you just heard meant that we are at the end of this segment. So we're going to come right back with um, Dr. Adam Kayot. And then we will have Dr. Tiffany Atterbury with us. And I'm so excited to hear more about her adventures. I could talk to her for hours. So stay with us on the Horse Talk Show.
This show is brought to you in part by DAC Vitamins and Minerals of Florida. All horses need a solid immune system, excellent joint support, a healthy gut, and DAC has all the vitamins and minerals they need with the NASC stamp of approval. So like them on Facebook now or go to feeddac.com. DAC, it makes a world of difference. With over 70 years of collective experience in the horse industry, Lipchip was built with integrity by horsemen for horsemen. Introducing the ChipLink system, powered by Lipchip, where a 15-digit unique ID becomes a key to unlock not only identity, but also health paperwork, owner information, and even photos of each horse. So simple, even a child can do it. The future is here. The future is Lipchip. Enhance your horse's performance, fitness, strength, and rehabilitation with state-of-the-art equipment. ETI treadmills offer the finest European engineering, the highest quality filtration, and no chemicals are required. Follow Equine Therapy International on social media or at equinetherapyint.com. Equine Therapy International provides technologically advanced therapy for horses worldwide. The Horse Talk Show broadcasts from the CEP's equine studios in downtown Ocala in the horse capital. On the Horse Talk Show, presented by Peterson Smith Equine Hospital in Complete Care, I'm Louisa Martin, host of the show, and we really do have Dr. K out for you. Um, we're actually pulling it up for you right now, and we're talking about joints, uh, which is definitely a topic in the show world that we're always interested in, and here it is. <laughs> Louisa Barton here for the Horse Talk Show and Equus Television at Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital and Complete Care. We have our regular weekly vet with us in person, Dr. Adam Kayot, and we're going to talk a bit about joints and joint injections. Dr. Kayot, tell us about horse joints. <laughs> Horse joints, my favorite kind of joints. Uh, horse joints. So, so certainly there's joints all over the horse, you know, just like there are in us. Um, and and the thing about it is, uh, horse being the being the athletes that they are, um, they tend to be uh, one of the most common causes of poor performance is problems with the joints, and 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 they can have all kinds of issues with the joints. Um, <clears throat> particularly the ones we typically worry about a lot are the ones involved with athletic performance. Obviously the ones on the legs, there's multiple joints on the legs from the, from the hoof all the way to the shoulder and all, you know, in the back all the way to the hip. There's, there's plenty of joints that we have to address. Certainly joints in the neck and, and, you know, are, 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 are you know, joints along the, along the spine also can be issues as well. Um, so you, you can have all kinds of problems. Obviously, arthritis. Everybody knows about arthritis. That's just bony chains, bony proliferation in the joints. He agreed. Yes, exactly. <laughs> he might even know about it. Uh, so, um, and, and and that's obviously progression, and it, and it typically typically that is due to. Um, age-related change. Um, certainly, if there's been some pathology or infection in the joint or whatever, that can that can cause a, 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 an early onset of arthritic change. Um, but but you know we're always trying to minimize that, try to push that change um, 
as far back as we can and and thus it leads us to maintaining those joints <clears throat> those joints can be maintained with with um, you know supplements and, and, and that sort of thing and and that will certainly help you know the joint is made up of, of um, obviously bone but on top of that bone is cartilage and then there's obviously lubricant there's there's fluid that's in the joint that helps lubricate the joint and we try to <clears throat> help both the both the lubrication that occurs in the joint and then the the, the health of the cartilage because those are the those are the main main focal points of assault so to speak on the joint from from athletic athletic use um, <clears throat> certainly you, you know just like in people you can have um, uh, ligament tears and meniscal tears and things like that that can that can affect the performance of the horse and and the soundness of the horse um, but most of the time, most of the time, it's just inflammation, you know, in the joint or, or what we call synovitis. So inflammation of the synovium and the synovial fluid and everything around the joint that's there. And, and you know, we, um, we, uh, we can help that, you know, certainly, certainly it's, it's not uncommon for, for these horses to have their joints injected, just like any athlete, um, they can have their joints injected and those issues, that inflammation is addressed, certainly addressed by, um, anti-inflammatories and addressed by, by, um, products that help with the lubrication that occurs in the joint. When a joint is inflamed, the lubrication tend the body produces more lubrication, but the lubrication tends to be of poor quality. It tends to be more watery, less what we call viscous, like oil. It should be more oily than watery, and so we try to help that. There's a lot of products out there. Um, you know, for years we've used um, steroid and, and um, you know hyaluronic acid, which are components of of the joint fluid. Um, now we're moving into biologicals that we're using, um, where we have uh, we just we pull blood from the horse and and we can process that blood and then place that blood into the joints or or the processed product, which is basically a plasma serum type thing that we that we place into the joints that's able to scavenge those inflammatory mediators and remove those. It's um, I it's, can speak to that personally. Yeah. Yes, my knee. It's amazing. I had the PRP injections oh, in the yeah. scar yeah. from my car accident, yeah. and wow. Yeah. yeah. You didn't do that. Nirvana did that. I but I can speak to that how amazing the after is. I could show you, but I can't. Yeah. But it's incredible. Yeah. So that is a, a an amazing therapy. Well, those those biologics are kind of are, are kind of cutting edge stuff, you know. Um, and, and and the you know there's new things coming out all the time, and and as we as we advance in you know competition down the line we're trying to get away from some of these these traditional medications that do have some side effects and and that aren't necessarily great for horses steroids aren't great for the cartilage and the, and the overall cartilage health for the horse so if we can stop doing that certainly there's still a place for that i still use it all the time and i don't necessarily use the biologics <clears throat> all the time <clears throat> but we're trying to we're trying to, depending on the situation, uh, do what's right for the horse at that at that point. Um, but certainly, um, just like any athlete, those horses need to be maintained. Um, I'm a I'm a firm believer in um, you know 
at the Ataquan Legend products that are out there. Um, they, those products work differently. Ataquan helps with cartilage um, repair and, and then your Legend products work with, with the uh, lubrication or the fluid that's produced in the joint. So um, those types of things and certainly there's a myriad of other <clears throat> oral uh, joint supplements that I, I don't know necessarily how well they work, but certainly, you know, people can see some clinical improvement from, from those use and, or the use of those products. And, and, um, so you, you know, say if it's working, use it. If it's working, it ain't, <laughs> if it ain't hurting, you know, right. use it. That's fine. That's right. Um, so, so there's a lot of things out there and, and, um, <clears throat> you know, it's, you know, uh, for, for the athlete, like I said, one of the, one of the main issues of lameness are, problems with the joints or, or discomfort in the joint and it's just a matter of finding out where that problem is obviously because they can't tell us and that can be a little bit of a process but um, certainly um, if you're able to do that you're able to, to, to maintain the overall joint health you're going to have a successful athlete and one that's able to compete for a long time. When you do a, a joint injection on a horse, let's say it's a competing horse that's a, a jumping or racing, is there a length of time after that joint injection before the horse can perform again? Certainly, yes, there is. Uh, <laughs> that's the short answer. Yes, there is. <laughs> now, depending on what sport that is or whatever, they have certain withdrawal times um, that they're in certain levels that that they're uh, allowed to have in the in the horse. So that just depends on what sport you're in just because you know you're 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 um, um, competing in a Grand Prix jumping event they might have different rules as opposed to a, you know the Kentucky Derby or whatever you know so certainly you need to be aware and as a veterinarian you need to be aware of what the what the prospect is for this horse and 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 what they're going to comp be competing in at, so you can time out your your maintenance your 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 therapy uh, properly so that you you can hopefully avoid some of those uh, the downfalls of, of, of having a, a positive test when you know you're just trying to help the, help the patient out right right because it is therapeutic and does make the horse feel better but at the same time you got to be careful about um last question does the use of and this may be a question you don't know the answer to fair and it would be fair if you didn't but it, i'm curious does the use of lasix or lack of use of lasix make something show up longer or maybe less time because there's a flushing obviously with Lasix and is that a potentially something that people should be more aware of with medications that maybe now Lasix is yes less used that perhaps those times may be less well I don't know that answer I don't I don't know if that has any effect I mean Lasix has a tendency to dehydrate the horse um, certainly um, uh, because it is a diuretic, it can dehydrate the horse, which would make me think that that whatever blood is there is more concentrated. So if there's anything that's cons that happens to be there, any medication that's in the blood, to me, logically, it would be more concentrated or more likely to show up as opposed to a flushing out because it's not necessarily, it's not flushing any of the blood product out. It's just flushing the fluid out that's right. in the blood. So, yeah. so I would think that you'd be more likely to have a positive um you know, drug test or whatever with a horse that's been on Lasix just to the de dehydration factor. Makes sense. Therapeutics, uh, wonderful for horses, but we definitely want them out of the system well before we compete, right? Very important. Dr. Adam Kayot here at Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital and Complete Care. Thank you to our presenting sponsor, Peterson Smith Equine Hospital and Complete Care, and our broadcast sponsor, Larson Farms. 
Also thank you to supporting sponsors DAC Vitamins and Minerals, Seminole Feed Stores, Piranha, TT Distributors and Midnight Rose Equestrian. This show is brought to you in part by Seminole Feed Stores, family-owned since 1934. Manufacturing fixed-formula horse feeds with mindful monitoring and quality ingredients right here in Ocala in an all-natural, non-medicated feed mill. Seminole Feed, simply the world's best and safest feed. Like them on Facebook now or find them at SeminoleFeed.com. tired of the rigors of keeping your horse's water troughs clean and free of algae, you need the Drinking Post Waterer, an automatic waterer for horses, livestock and cattle. Field tested for over 40 years, the Drinking Post Waterer is the gold standard of non-electric automatic waterers. Check them out on Facebook or find them on the web at dpwaterer.com. Broadcasts from the CEP's equine studios in downtown Ocala in the horse capital. Back on the third segment of the Horse Talk Show, presented by Peterson Smith Equine Hospital and Complete Care. Thank you to Larson Farms, our TV broadcast sponsor, Idaho's finest alfalfa. I'm Louisa Barton. 
We are in the CEP Equine Studios downtown, and we have got uh, a great honor uh, to have back with us someone we've been kind of talking about behind her back for the last couple of weeks, <laughs> and that's uh, Dr. Tiffany Atterbury, DBM. Hi. Thank you so much for coming and being with us. Thank you for having me. I'm so flattered. <laughs> we've been kind of following you and stalking you, you know, because it's just been such an adventure, but let's kind of backtrack a little bit, a okay. few years. And tell us kind of how you got into horses just as a little girl. Yeah, so I actually grew up on a quarter horse farm and um, showed horses in 4-H and some AQHA quarter horse type things. And um, really my mom was in it. My mom always loved horses and that's where I got my love of horses. And I knew, you know, I kind of knew I wanted to be equine vet when I was about eight years old and pretty much pursued that path. I've always had, I don't think there's been a time in my life I've not had a horse. And so, um, yeah, here, that's, that's kind of how the horse journey began, you know, since I was very little. So you always loved them, always knew you wanted to be a vet. And, yeah. and once you graduated from vet school, you actually worked out of state for a couple of years and then you moved to Ocala to start your... Yeah, I actually I worked actually in Jacksonville, Florida. When I got I graduated from UF um, that school in 2000, and I worked at an equine practice in Jacksonville and stayed there a couple years. And I knew I wanted to come to Ocala. I had actually um, done an externship at Peterson and Smith and really loved it. Loved the area. Um, so I came down. I already had a couple classmates here, one in Smonimo, um, actually several classmates here, a couple in Equine, and they're like, yeah, come down to Ocala. <laughs> and so I came down and I hung my shingle and I have been here ever since. Yeah. So right place to be for sure for, yeah. uh, for horse lovers. So while you've, while you've been here in Ocala, you've been pretty much doing a, a variety of different things with horses as well as even you and your husband having raising some racehorses. Yeah. But but not not endurance, not that direction until... Yes, until my Mongol der derby dream uh, came about. Um, of course, I had some clients that did endurance. I really didn't know that much about it. Um, and when I decided I was going to do the derby, I'm like, well, I better start actually getting the miles in and doing some training. And um, lucky for me, I had, you know, several connections. Dr. Doug Shearer, who is very involved in endurance riding, he's a, um, and was a small animal vet. Um, he was a friend. And he's like, oh, let me hook you up. Um, so he hooked me up with Deborah Walker. Um, another client actually hooked me up with Karen Risley. And those ladies were really uh, just instrumental in helping me achieve my dream. And so they were very generous to let me train with them and uh, compete on their horses. And I learned a lot about endurance riding with them and also made great friends with them as well. They're so, a great community. They really it, it are. It is. The endurance community is amazing. They're lovely people. They are. They are. They are so helpful. And um, you go to these endurance rides and everybody is helping each other. And I mean, there's definitely competition and mm -hmm. I'm competitive and I like that. But um, really, they've been very, um, you know, welcome. They welcome people with open arms that don't know about but want to learn about endurance riding. That's so sure. true because Michelle, Shara and uh, Heather Reynolds both helped my daughter um, learn endurance and oh, both cool. let her ride their horses. Yeah. So I have to agree with you 100%. They are absolutely wonderful welcoming you know come on and learn and yeah. ride one of ours you know yeah so exactly yeah i don't know too many other disciplines where people are like hey come ride my horse and compete it but one thing about endurance horses you know typically people they do need a string of them yes. because injuries happen and it takes a long time to condition them so 
obviously, if you have a competent rider that can come help you train and get, you know, get some conditioning on a horse, it's That's easier for them right. too. Because it's it's a huge, well, it's a huge time commitment, like any other, you know, equine discipline. Um, but but it does it can take a long time to get a horse fit to do an endurance, excuse me, an endurance race. That's so, true. So yeah, I was really blessed to be in this community because. Not only do we have so many places to ride and train, but there's a, a huge number of competitors here as they well. They really are. Yeah. So what inspired you or made you decide, I, I want to take on something like the Mongol Day? <laughs> well, so I'm like, I've always been very competitive and I've always liked to have goals and set challenges. And I... Um, you know, I'd had sort of a tragedy happen in our life. We had a house fire back in 2017, and it was, you know, like it was sort of my life was in a bit of an upheaval with that. Um, but that was the actual year I kind of learned about it on social media, and I'm like, I started watching it. I'm like, you know what, this would be amazing. And obviously it just takes a good horse. Per There's so many elements to, like, be able to compete in the Mongol Derby, not just being able to ride a horse, but... Um, you know, a lot of tenacity and an iron will and, um, you know, some Ooh. good lot, uh, deduct deductibles or what am I saying? Uh, logical skills, that sort of thing. So um, anyway, I decided, well, I'm going to apply for this and see if I, you know, see if I get accepted into it and it'll give me a goal and something new to do and something to look forward to. So that's what I did. So you actually applied back like kind of right before the whole COVID I did. So I was actually supposed, I applied in 2019. I was supposed to ride in 2020. And um, I actually, I think I actually applied or started filling out in 2018, got accepted in 2019 for 2020. And then COVID happened. So, you know, it was canceled in 2021. They just knew they weren't going to be able to organize it because it's still having lockdown. So I finally got to do my race this year. Yeah, so it took you a little bit to get there. It but. Did, but honestly, it's been great because I have, um, it allowed me a little bit more time to train and learn more about the sport. And I was, I felt very ready when I went this year. So, And how about kind of telling your family that you had decided to do this? And, yeah. and what was the reception like well, with that? My my family was, they were quite supportive. My husband, I didn't tell him initially. I'm like, <laughs> I'm just going to see how this goes. He knows, like, that I might do something wacky like this. Um, <laughs> so I was like, well, I'll just see if they accept my application. And then then they emailed me and said, well, we need to know, like, give us proof that you can ride a horse at speed. They wanted video of me riding a horse at speed. And, like, I had some jumper videos where I had, you know, or galloping videos from various and sundry events I had done. So I sent them that. And then they're like, well, we like you. We liked your answers to your questions. So we're going to give you, we'd like to interview you. So I did two phone interviews. It was actually getting ready. To, I can't remember if I had done the first one or I was getting ready to do the first one. And then I let Scott in on like, hey, I just to let you know, I applied for this race and it looks like I might get accepted to do it. So... So he warmed to the idea. He watched the videos and he was like, oh, my gosh, you're nuts. And then he's like, what are you thinking? He had, a, he had that quick moment and then he got on board pretty quickly after that. So. And then he was supportive. He probably yeah. was of the, of the mindset, well, she's going, so I may as well help her. Correct. And yes. her and <laughs> yeah. He's like, I can't do a darn thing about it. So I might as well just, uh, if you can't beat them, join them club. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was probably a smart move. And, and it's good to have good support. You know, when yes. you want to do something like that, 
Uh, several times I've said I really want to do the Mongol Derby. I really want. So I could just imagine, you know, if you if you said to your family I, something I really want to accomplish, you yeah. know, that that's a that's a big thing. It is, and it's like a huge, you know, a lot of time commitment away from the farm, and you know, already I have a job that's very demanding. So um, <laughs> it's one one other thing that I was adding to my schedule for adding sure. Adding to the <laughs> adding to the list of to dos. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's just, it's an incredible thing. I'm, I'm, I was envious at the same time. It's so ecstatic for you. <laughs> we have to go to break, but we're going to come right back with the second half of the show. And we're going to hear about being in Mongolia, the step, the people, the diet, what it takes to be there and, and what it takes to, to really be a champion, because this is, is quite a thing to do. So we're excited to have Tiffany with us. We'll be back on the Horse Talk Show in just a minute. Current equine microchips can migrate by up to 30%, causing difficulty when scanning. With over 70 years of collective horse industry experience, Lipchip offers a new, more effective method of microchipping, partnering with veterinarians and technology experts to ensure humane and practical microchipping. Lipchip was built by horsemen for horsemen. Nowadays, the performance horse industry is in need of both integrity and transparency. Lipchip is the future of horse microchipping, with cutting-edge technology functional for every discipline. Find Lipchip on social media and for more information, lipchipllc.com. The future is here. The future is Lipchip. This show is brought to you in part by DAC Vitamins and Minerals of Florida. All horses need a solid immune system, excellent joint support, a healthy gut, and DAC has all the vitamins and minerals they need with the NASC stamp of approval. So like them on Facebook now or go to feeddac.com. DAC. It makes a world of difference. World-class equine rehab promoting faster recovery is available at the Equine Performance Center Ocala. Hyperbaric oxygen therapy and underwater treadmill, a salt water spa, an aquapacer, magna wave, a vibration plate, swimming pool, massage and laser therapies. With post-surgical care, memberships, packages and BOGOs, EPC delivers a rejuvenated horse through proven and innovative rehab. Like Equine Performance Center now on Facebook and find them on the web at epcrehab.com. family has been farming hay in Idaho for generations with a mission to always provide high quality hay products at a fair and reasonable price. Larson Hay loves to meet new customers while always honoring the ones they already have. 
Find Larson Hay on the web at larsonhay.com, like them on Facebook, and definitely visit one of their locations. Larson Hay, Idaho's finest alfalfa, and our television broadcast sponsor. Welcome back to the Horse Talk Show. You never heard of a talking horse? Well, listen to this. With your host, Louisa Barton. What does it feel like to be in love with a horse? Presented by Palm Chevrolet, your hometown Chevy experience. Back in the saddle again. Now, here's your pretty, pretty Louisa Barton. You're fab, you're switched on, you're a bit of all right. Yes. <laughs> yeah, baby. Yeah. That's what it looks like. There's it's actually quite a- the horse talk show broadcasts from the CEP's equine studios in downtown Ocala in the horse capital. Yeah. Back on the second half of the horse talk show presented by Palm Chevrolet, your hometown Chevy experience. Thank you to Larson Farms, our TV broadcast sponsor, Idaho's finest alfalfa. On the second half of the show, we have Dr. Tiffany Atterbury here with us. We've been talking a little bit about kind of how she how she started out in horses and how she always knew she wanted to be a vet and, and how she progressed on through um, vet school and um, ended up here in Ocala with a practice and has uh, been involved in a variety of different horse sports but actually ended up joining up with a group of, um, of local folks here who were in endurance who really helped her to prepare and get ready for this huge challenge that is the Mongol Derby, which is 600 miles of riding uh, across the Mongolian steppe on a variety of different horses that are not horses you've ever ridden before um, that belong to the local, the local folks there. So it's quite an undertaking and quite incredible to see um, this in action. And actually, I, I believe, Tiffany, doesn't it mimic a 1200, 1224 messenger? Yes, from Genghis Khan. Yes. Yeah, his messenger system of communication. So that's kind of what it's based on. So I guess 27, I rode 27 horses in the race. 27? Yes. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So, so 27 horses you've never ridden before. 27 horses I know nothing about other than just using my skills to hopefully try to, and luck to try to pick out what is going to be a good horse, you know, for that leg. So, because depending on what you were planning on doing that leg, you know, certain horses wouldn't be good candidates. You know, the best race horse isn't necessarily the best one to, if you know you got to camp out for the night. Yes, that's true, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. So how was the selection process? So when you're trying to pick a horse, at are you allowed to pick the one you want, or do they pick it for you? Yeah, so the very first horse is like a lottery, so you just, you randomly get a horse, and my very first horse was like, oh, it was an incredible horse, that's the one I do believe was like a champion race horse, he was amazing, and rode very well, and was so fast, um, and then from then on, like the faster you get to the next horse station, um, you know, obviously all the horses are there at that horse station, that family's horses, um, and, you know, if you're there first, you have more to select from and you decide, you know, you can, you're not supposed to use the translators to help you ask questions. You really have to communicate with the people. Hopefully you speak some Mongolian. I did not, but I had a very good way of like communicating. They understand the word humble. Um, and so I would ask for a humble horse. I would also go. So they knew I wanted a fast one. Um, and as far as like making my short list of what I, you know, I would go through, I would look at their feet. 
That was a huge... Yes, no feet, no horse. No foot, no horse. <laughs> never, no, never so true as in Mongolia. If the foot was long, you know, that horse is not getting used a lot. Mm -hmm. If the foot's worn down, good. They all that have, was smart. Yeah, yes. that was like the number one thing I looked at. I wanted a lean horse, so if it's a fatty, you know, <laughs> it's not getting a lot of use. Um, I wanted a horse that, um, if it tried to like actually jump over me if I reached out, none of them want petted, they're not snuggly, but if no it snuggly. actually went, you know, crazy if I tried to even reach out, like, I usually stay clear of that one. You know, they're shy, they'll shy back, but if they acted, you know, completely freaked out, I usually avoided those. Um, if I knew I was going to be camping, I actually look for a horse that maybe had some signs of wear and tear. So if he had some white marks on his withers or in the girth area or hobble marks, it's a horse, it's a horse that looks like it's getting used. Mm -hmm. You know, that's probably a horse that's a, a using horse. So, mm -hmm. you know, you can probably reliably camp out with that horse. So, and usually my intuition was very good. Um, sometimes, not so much. I, I think I had one I had one horse that was lazy, um, and I really thought I was killing him during the leg. <laughs> yeah. um, and most of them, I had some real racehorses, and by the standard of like, if I was just going to race, that's fine. But, um, <laughs> this horse rearing up, um, but oh you know, my. for actually, um, for actually like using a GPS system, holding that in your hand, as well as like trying to steer the horse and go, you know, that wasn't always the, the race horses sometimes weren't good for that. Um, it just really depended on how they were trained. So, but the main thing is like, you know, I feel, you know, feel very comfortable getting on horse, like different horses um, and having catch, you know, doing the catch riding and endurance yes. has helped. Um, yes, it does. But, um, and I've been around horses all my life, been riding all my life. So I feel very good just getting on them. And like, the main thing is like, you just got to get them moving forward. I watched, I watched a lot of videos on YouTube of just how they start their horses, young horses. And, you know, by our standards, it's a little rough, it's a little brutal, but really those horses kind of understand, like get on and like just get them moving forward and that will save you a lot of grief. Yeah, so, once you get going. Yeah, for yeah. the most part. And, you know, almost all of them buck when you saddle them up with the saddlebag. I mean, they, a lot of them rear and buck. And like, I'm thinking, well, you know, I have some horses at home that would probably do that too. So I didn't really get too weirded out. But if it took like three people and like to ear twitch the horse down, like, Usually, yeah, I've been like, you were like uh, no, yeah. no, let's try a different horse. So um, the video, now that's a horse that's actually running away with me. I'd actually like finally just give it up, and we're just like we're galloping away. We're I just left. Going. I, I did. I'm like he was fast, but he was totally out of control. Um, oh, Lee. yeah. And there's Look a little, at bit, that a little bit more passive ones. Were right you ever there. scared of getting lost, even with your GPS? I wasn't really scared of getting lost. I just was like scared of picking a bad route, you know. So you know, you're looking at you're you're putting in your waypoints. Um, a lot of times, you know, like, well, I'm going to have to cross under a railroad to go. So there's only certain places you can do that. So you need to put that in before you put your next destination in. Oh, wow. And um, you know, the main thing is like, yes, you want to look at that. Um, you know, you want to look at that GPS, you want to look at the topography, and then you just really want to look at the land in front of you and see what you see and try to pick pick out the best route. So I like to ride. I wasn't really afraid of, like, a lot of people really like to stick to the roads and go around any sort of elevation, and that didn't necessarily bother me doing the elevation. You know, really, the shortest distance between two mm -hmm. points, yes. you know, it's like a straight line. Yeah. So if I could do that, even if I knew my horse was going to go in a slower route, you know, those horses are very fit and they're constantly 
uh, traversing that kind of terrain. So they're very used to it. Yeah, they're, they're used to, to it. it. So I felt I found like that was advantageous at times to do that, not always just taking the flat road. You know, that was safe. Yes, right. <laughs> but, now this is your bridle. Yes, this is um, the bridle. The tack was the tack kind of different yes. to what you're used to. Well, the saddle wasn't. I actually bought the actual saddle I knew I would be using in Mongolia. So they have a, a Franco Sea Salary makes the saddles that we use over there. And they're, um, they're a little bit shorter, um, shorter coupled saddles, so they fit the Mongolian horses. Um, and so I had actually been riding in that saddle for two years, so oh, I knew what that was, gonna, that was important. And we bring our own stirrup leathers, our own oh. stirrups. So some people had fenders and more Western-type stuff, mm -hmm. and some people had... Um, just you'd see about anything whatever people were comfortable with and um, of course they give you this they give you the bridle and so these were freshly made for us whatever I don't know what animal this is but this is like it still has the fur oh it does <laughs> yeah it does it does and so this this is what we use on each and every horse and it kind of it, it adjusts in length mm -hmm. um, like a rope halter does mm -hmm. Um, the bit is a snaffle type bit and then if you're going to be camping out you just drop this part out of the mouth and use it like a halter so oh, that goes nice. under the chin yeah yeah and then it has the, the this is like a your tie you can tie them up with this this is also your kind of your quirt your swisher you know this gets them going mm -hmm. and that's actually useful for steering them so they even though it's a snaffle bit, um, I found that riding them one-handed is what's what they're used to. And then you can use your, your rope to, like, guide them. So if you want them to go left, you show the rope in the right eye, and they'll move to the left. Some of them actually would listen to your legs or shifting of weight, um, but not always. Some of them you just sort of... You just sort of guided them. <laughs> and once you kind of got that figured out, it was much easier, I'm sure. Oh, once yeah. you realized, oh, they, they basically all yeah. similar. The inclination yeah. is to try to ride two-handed, but they, the, none of the Mongolians do that. So. <laughs> do that. Yeah. <laughs> I've got so much more to ask you. I can't believe it. Okay, again. But we do have to take a break, and we're going to come right back with Tiffany and uh, got a lot more to ask her. Okay. Stay with us. Perfect. <laughs> Thank you to our presenting sponsor, Palm Chevrolet, and broadcast sponsor, Larson Farms. Also, thank you to supporting sponsors, Equine Therapy International, Nirvana Medical Spa, the Equine Performance and Innovative Center, Summit Joint Performance, and Equigreen. This hour of the Horse Talk Show is presented by Palm Chevrolet in Ocala, where the entire team is committed to making your experience in sales and service hassle-free and easier than ever with no games or gimmicks. Come in and visit on Southwest College Road or online at palmchevrolet.com. A second-to-none experience with all the amenities. Palm Chevy, find new roads. Nirvana, Ocala's premier medical spa, is leading the way in great skin with all the newest in treatment options, offering prejuvenation for younger clients and rejuvenation for all ages. Nirvana knows you want to look your very best, but we've all seen people with the telltale signs of too much work. We want you to look like you, just better, brighter and younger, with all the newest and best in technology and all in the most beautiful surroundings. Like Nirvana Medical Spa on Facebook and find them on the web at nirvanamedicalspa.com. Become a better, brighter and younger you.
Piranha, your trusted leader in insect control for 50 years. The official fly spray for World Equestrian Center. From the strongest water-based equine spray in the blue bottle to the familiar and longtime favorite in the yellow bottle. Wipe and spray, we've got you covered. If you're looking for effective plant-based fly spray, then look for our zero bite in the green bottle. Check us out online at piranhainc.com. That's P-Y-R-A-N-H-A, piranhainc.com, to learn more about Piranha's entire family of products. Piranha, it works. My name is Dr. Natalie Solomon. I formulated Equigreen with cutting-edge science and technology alongside the passion that is represented by a lifelong love of horses. I created a product that I would trust for my horses because they deserve nothing but the best for their bodies. Horses rely on us to take care of them, to love them, to respect them. This is how Equigreen came to life. Equigreen, CBD for your horse that you can trust. Hi, this is Hall of Fame jockey Mike Smith. We're listening to the Horse Talk Show. The Horse Talk Show broadcasts from the CEP's equine studios in downtown Ocala in the horse capital. Back on the Horse Talk Show, presented by Palm Chevrolet, your hometown Chevy experience. Thank you to Larson Farms, our broadcast sponsor, Idaho's finest alfalfa, Louisa Barton in the studio. Been chatting to Dr. Tiffany Atterbury, DVM, about her adventure in the Mongolian steppe. And um, so far, gosh, it's just been like so <laughs> riveting and fun. I love it. Um, something that I've wanted to do. So I think I'm, I've lived vicariously through you oh, the, last, um, the last few weeks. How long before the race did you actually have to arrive there? Um, so I ended up arriving. I was very worried about travel delays, just the state mm -hmm. of things. Now, and I did. My first flight was like canceled as we sat on the tarmac and I had to change. I like I, I started out bad. I camped out, used all my camping gear in the airport in Orlando the very first night. So that was a little training. Um, but I arrived about uh, five days. In five advance. days before. Yeah. So I could acclimate. And then we had... Um, we had a training in the Ulaanbaatar, um, the capital city, like our, our little meeting about, you know, just the race rules and getting assigned our GPS and stuff. And then weighing in, weighing our gear, that sort of thing. And then we had a couple, we went, we drove out to the step um, for a couple days and had training days, got to use our gear and make sure we were comfortable with using the GPS and that our um, trackers were working because we have the GPS GPS trackers for safety and so that people can follow your dot, as I'm yes. sure people did. So. Yes, yes, yes. There was definitely dot following going I on. Know. <laughs> I was so shocked. I couldn't believe how many people. I was, like, shocked when I got back into civilization and got on my social media. I'm like, holy mackerel. Yeah, this is amazing. Oh, yeah. yeah, everybody was. I think every, I think we were oh, all following you. So I think flattering. it just became, like, a thing. Yeah. Like, where is she? Where is she? Yes. Where is she? <laughs> exactly. Yes. People are like, we couldn't sleep at night. We were following your dot. So it was very cool. <laughs> Now, you already talked about you were a pretty fit person already, and obviously you were a runner and, and all of that, but w was there a lot of prepping beforehand to get you more fit? Yeah, well, you know, just doing the endurance riding and really putting those miles in was, you know, critical. I mean, you really have to get your body used to that. Um, 
you know, spending that much time in the saddle and, um, you know, doing, actually doing endurance races where you're going through the vet checks, getting back on the horse. I mean, I think that was really key um, for me. And also, um, you know, I do do the running, as I was telling you before, like I would start running in the afternoons and I love running. It's my mental break, but, you know, suffering, you know, suffering, like, suffering, heat, like, yes. you know, you learn to like be a little uncomfortable and like tolerate a little bit. I think it all goes hand in hand with, you know, taking on an experience like that. And um, the other critical thing w- was just testing my gear out. And I rode with a backpack and a water bladder. And, you know, I, uh, my, my secret weapon, because you've all seen all those terrible skin pictures of people with peeling skin and blisters and rashes and chafing is, um, I actually use wool tights, merino wool tights, like you would wear with a skirt in the mm-hmm. winter. I would wear those under my riding tights, and those are very good at protecting your skin and wicking away moisture. That was very smart. Oh, yeah. I knew, and I had worn them in the July you know, competitions in Florida, and I knew that worked really well for my skin, along with other anti-chafing stuff. Um, so, And getting used to the backpack, and I went through a couple of different... Um, you know, water packs, that sort of thing, just to know what was going to work for me and not rub or bounce because it definitely throws you off to be carrying weight on your back. Right. Um, so I did all of my endurance races. So with you those. tried kind and, of like how it's going to really be. Oh, yes. When I, I train every time I went out on a horse I, uh, in on a trail, I had my stuff on. So smart. Yeah, it was very smart. And, um, you know, the only thing I like kind of shifted around on at the end, you know, before I left, it's like, what about footwear? And normally I ride with paddock boots, Ariat paddock boots. And I, you know, up until the, like a few weeks, I'm like, I got to try. Um, I ended up going with um, the lace-up Ariat um, all-terrain boots because they have a little bit wider foot. I like bed. them. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I could wiggle my toes because a huge thing with endurance riding is like your feet go a little bit numb and you learn to kind of get, you get over that. Unfortunately, like in Mongolia, one of the things you can do when you're riding a regular horse here in the States, you kick your feet out of the stirrups <laughs> and you wiggle your toes and you roll your ankles and, you know, you give yourself a little break. You do that on a Mongolian pony and he's liable to dump you because he's not used to seeing, like, your feet out. So you can't really, you it's can't not really always do. safe to do that. No, um, you know. especially not in a horse you don't know, trying those oh, things. Oh, yeah, they, no, you, they mm-hmm. really, they, like, even if you, like, reach out and they just catch a sight of your hand, they you know, they'll shy away. So mm-hmm. so you don't want to do anything out of the, out of the ordinary. You no. try not to do anything out of the ordinary with them, for sure. So. so you're going 600 miles in how many days? I think I did it in nine days. Or, wow. Yeah. <laughs> and you're stopping every 25 miles for vet check? Yeah, the vet. To check on the horse, uh, uh, right? Yeah, so the, um, actually the, the between horse stations and, you know, is, um, you know, like around 30 mm-hmm. kilometers. Um, and so there you're, Horse has to pulse in. It has to have a heart rate of 56 within 30 minutes. Um, it has to be sound. And, um, you know, like any endurance race, like the quicker you vet in, the quicker you can pick out your next horse. I mean, you can stay at the horse stations and eat and rest, but you're not going to get ahead doing like you got to yeah. We kept up a very, you know, in the front um we kept up a blistering pace, you know, unless we got held up by some horse not pulsing down or, you know, that was... 
that was, uh, you know, critical to not like shilly shally around too much at the horse station. So. And how did you feel as a veterinarian? How did you feel about the vet checks? Did you feel like they were really well? Oh yeah, really absolutely, well? absolutely. I mean, like the, you know, your horses. The horses are, you know, it's it's fairly easy for most of them to do that. Um, I was pretty careful um, most of the time. I would try to like walk my horse the last kilometer or kilometer and a half. If I was even questioning it, I would get off of them and like loosen a saddle up and drop the bit out of the mouth um, and just try, break, yeah. yeah just try to get them relaxed so that they pulsed in um, you know quicker mm-hmm. um, and so that yep the vets are they have a great team of veterinarians and um, you know actually the management of the ride like that was Oh, it was so nice sometimes. You would have, you know, if you'd have a tough leg and you would like come into the horse station, you'd be greeted by these people that were encouraging you. Mm-hmm. And so that was important, you yes. know, and it really made you feel good. And and so, um, yeah, most of the horses did quite well with it. And so on, onward and upward to your next mount. <laughs> so then throughout this nine days, you're you're out there in the, in the step and you're kind of you're in a country you've never been in before yes. with people you don't know, riding yes. horses you don't know. Correct. So this is like a whole different change of lifestyle for you um, from what you know yes. to this adventure. When you're staying out there, what are the accommodations and uh, as you're getting to nightfall? I think there's a time that yeah. you have to stop, right? Like yes, six you do. Or something. So you do you, yes, well, it started out at six, and then they realized they weren't going to get the race done in a timely fashion, so they gave us an extra hour to ride. Um, so you have a couple options. You can camp out with your horse, like literally camp out. Um, and um, the, the key with that is, is your horse needs to be provided for. So, you know, if you're going to camp out, you need to be where you can water your horse. I, um, I camped out one night um, and uh, ended up, well, I originally ended up stopping at like a well house and like after like um, some shenanigans to get the door open to the well house and like making a cord for the bucket to go down in the well, I was able to get my horse water and, you know, hobble him. It was a good horse. Um, and I, it was raining, so I thought, well, I can stay in this well house. I hope I don't roll in the well in the middle of the night. <laughs> but then they, um, the, you know, we vetted in fine. The vet came and found us via the GPS and vet, checked my horse. He's like, that's great. He's like, but actually race, is, race management says, it's a lone woman. We don't want you staying here by yourself, so go back and camp with a couple other riders. So I ended up doing that. And that, you know, we literally just stayed on a hillside, you know, in the mountains. Um, or you can stay with families or you can stay at the horse stations. And staying with the families is obviously very unique. And it's very unique. Oh, it's awesome. Hold yeah. that thought. Okay. I've got more questions about that. <laughs> so we were going to bring you Matt Palmer, um, but we've got more questions for Tiffany. So <laughs> while we have her here in the studio, we're going to get Matt for you next week instead. So forgive us, but this is so interesting. <laughs> Sorry, and so Matt. much more to learn. <laughs> We'll be back on the Horse Talk Show in just a minute. Thank you to our presenting sponsor, Palm Chevrolet, and broadcast sponsor, Larson Farms. Also, thank you to supporting sponsors, Equine Therapy International, Nirvana Medical Spa, the Equine Performance and Innovative Center, Summit Joint Performance, and Equigreen. Hi, I'm Alan Davies with Equine Therapy International. Today we're at Engineered Equine Performance celebrating the new saltwater chilled treadmill. This particular chilled equine saltwater treadmill is a game changer. As you can see, the finest materials are used, the filtration system, coarse, fine filtration, no chemicals. We use UV, ozone, combination of filtration to keep the highest water chemistry standards. 
Being a saltwater unit, only the finest stainless steel and materials are used. That's important when it comes to longevity and cost of service over the life of the unit. This unit also has integrated massage jets with fine bubbles and coarse air bubbles for the therapy. The control system on this is Siemens industrial grade, top of the line technology, straight from Germany, but also serviceable here in the US. World-class equine rehab promoting faster recovery is available at the Equine Performance Center Ocala. Hyperbaric oxygen therapy and underwater treadmill, a saltwater spa, an aquapacer, magna wave, a vibration plate, swimming pool, massage, and laser therapies. With post-surgical care, memberships, packages, and BOGOs, EPC delivers a rejuvenated horse through proven and innovative rehab. Like Equine Performance Center now on Facebook and find them on the web at epcrehab.com. This show was brought to you in part by TT Distributors, dedicated to bringing their customers the largest selection of quality horse supplements, products, and farrier supplies in Florida at affordable prices. Also online at ttdistributors.com. This show is brought to you in part by Summit Joint Performance, promoting a healthy, thick synovial fluid, decreasing inflammation in the joints and improving the cushioning properties of the cartilage pads. All age horses can benefit from Summit Joint Performance. Maria Lacasse of Midnight Rose Equestrian's background is in natural horsemanship and dressage principles with a main focus on maintaining a balance of communication and correct biomechanics between horse and rider. Come to her farm or she'll come to yours. Allow Maria to help you and your horse to unwind and balance to increase performance so that you can both be the best you can be together to build a lifelong partnership of success. Maria Lacasse of Midnight Rose Equestrian is a graduate of the Equine Natural Movement School for Equine Structural Integration and a Florida School of Massage graduate. Find Midnight Rose Equestrian on social media and on the web at midnightroseequestrian.com and book your massage for your horse and you right away. Hey, this is Hall of Fame jockey Mike Smith. We're listening to the Horse Talk Show. The Horse Talk Show broadcasts from the CEP's equine studios in downtown Ocala in the horse capital. Back on the final segment of the Horse Talk Show this week, presented by Palm Chevrolet, your hometown Chevy experience. Thank you to Larson Farms, our broadcast sponsor, Idaho's finest alfalfa. Louisa Barton here in the studio with Dr. Tiffany Atterbury, DVM, and it's been such an incredible, like, we just rolled segment and segment in because it's just... There's just so much to learn. This is the, the world's longest and toughest race um, and something that you had never done before, but just you just had this desire to just to yes. try it and to overcome. And you certainly did. Not only did you do that, but but you were in the first five riders to come in. And actually it was two, two and then you. So actually yeah. third really the, as far the, as the, bron uh, the bronze. Yes, the bronze, <laughs> uh, which is this is the. The medal. That's the medal. Um, yeah. For third, which is um, which is really amazing. Out of forty-five yes, thank riders, you. really thank you. congratulations, really yeah. incredible. Yeah. Um, and and quite an adventure. And they this is also a scarf yeah. that they call anybody they give who you. finishes. Yep, they give those and they give you a sip of the fermented milk, mayor's milk, which I actually had been 
offered a lot during the ride. So, um, and so, yeah, and a beautiful green, I don't know, I had a, everybody gets a robe, a beautiful robe. I don't know if it's silk or satin, you know, that they adorn you in for the awards ceremony. So it's really a lovely experience. It was. I mean, honestly, anybody who like finishes or even tackles it is, you is, know, yeah. you know, they're like, First of all, they're tough. They're tough. They're yeah, tough. yeah, they're amazing. Um, there was, I was actually like one of the older competitors. There were lots of twenty-year-olds, but if you look at the stage there, we're all well over thirty-five. Yeah, quite a bit older. So that may, maybe goes to show you about uh, having a little life experience. Yeah, can definitely <laughs> help you on the journey. Yes. So um, we were talking a little bit about the option of either camping or. Being in a, with a family. Yeah. So you basically, in Mongolia, like you don't, first of all, if they don't have a dog, um, which most of them do, so the dog will alert that you're coming up on the, you know, to their girl. Um, but it's customary just to walk in. Thank goodness I didn't have to do that. I thought that would be so odd, you know, how different. <laughs> most of the time they would have a dog that barked, and so they would be alerted. Or you could call out, hello, you know, yes. Sambano, which is hello. Mm-hmm. And I actually had a little letter that a friend of mine's sister who uh, teaches in Mongolia, she had translated into Mongolian that I could present to the family. Oh, how nice. Saying, I'm in this race, and can you, know, can you take care of me and my horse for the night? And they're such gracious people. So can you imagine somebody, like, riding up to your farm or your house and <laughs> saying, hey, can you take care of me for the night and my horse? Please I mean, fear. <laughs> <laughs> he does that. <laughs> so, um, you know, it, it's amazing. I, I we, we did get, I did get turned down though. Um, some I was riding with the two other ladies and it was a single guy and I, he was probably like feeling quite overwhelmed. But he, he guided us to his neighbors and they were gracious enough to keep us and feed us for the night. So. And what did they feed you? Okay, so the, <laughs> so the typical Mongolian diet. Um, you know, you're gonna have mutton or goat or noodle, some sort of noodles. And so I remember, you know, and you're in a calorie deficit with all this writing and stuff. And I remember just looking at this lady's, like she has this big pot, she's cooking like this noodle soup and there's just like this goat leg floating around in it. And I I did, I mean, just like, just like it was so anatomically correct. I'm like, I'm so hungry. I cannot wait to eat these noodles and this goat leg. So your your perspective on things changes when when you're very hungry. When Um, you're in survival. And they don't, you know, they don't use salt and there's really not any green vegetables. So you might get carrots or potatoes and some fried rice. There's lots of um, fermented like cheese curds and, you know, odd things. I kind of avoided that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, But the fried rice and the noodles and the goat leg and the little meat pockets and stuff I was all about. So (laughs) So you did and you carried some on you. Yeah, I took. um, So when I endurance race here, I usually keep um, like mixed nuts, like little packets and almond butter. So I had some of that, but I only could carry five kilograms away. So I didn't have a ton of food with me because I knew I'm not real picky. Um, Electrolytes were really important. um, So I had those. And of course, all my other gear that I needed to, you know, do the derby. But um, for the most part, yeah, just, you know, tolerating the food. I didn't really think about the food other than just its fuel. It's and fuel. So, yeah, so, but I was really craving a salad and craving sweets when I got done. And just, I'm still hungry. I still feel like I'm, like, starving. <laughs> You're still catching up. I am. I'm still catching up. I'm enjoying eating. So you had one time you got stuck in a bog. I did. I, that happened so quickly. It was like a very Scooby-Doo moment where, like, they fall in quicksand. 
it was just like that. I didn't, you know, the writer I was with, um, you know, we we're kind of leading. We were three or four of us, and we were kind of riding together. And all of a sudden, like, I see his horses, like, careening towards me. And, you know, I'm like, what is going on? And this horse is, like, sunk. His horse is sinking, and mine starts sinking. And before I know it, like, my feet are on the ground. Like, that horse is up to his belly. And so I was able to hop off. And luckily, it was firm enough that us as riders, we didn't sink in it. We were able to walk out and then just sort of, you know, let our horses struggle out of it. It happened very quickly. I did not see the bog. There are areas that look boggy. This particular one, you couldn't really see it. So surprisingly, it was just, there it was happening. So that was a bit of, it could have been a very bad moment. Yes. Yeah, but it wasn't, it wasn't as bad as it could have been. So Were you, were you scared? I didn't have time to be you scared. Didn't have time to be no, scared. I didn't. And the, you know, the big thing too. This is what I thought I would be scared of. Is there's so many holes. There's like marmots, which are like little rodents, I guess. That you know, kind of like a groundhog. So there's holes everywhere. There's fox holes, and there's also these other little critters that are like gerbils or whatever. There's 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 holes everywhere, and your horses are galloping, and so the horses can go and they can just. They'll step in the hole and like they recover very quickly and like as long as you're sitting up and you gotta give them their head, they can go at a gallop. They, it doesn't phase them at all, and so you kind of learn to like start riding that a little bit. I did have a horse that fell down while I was galloping it. Um, his foot went in a marmot hole, and then when he went to catch himself, his other foot, like the ground just came out, and he just ended up like somersaulting. And again, it happened so quickly, I sort of somersaulted over his head. My reins were caught up in his legs, and oh my the horses are used to being hobbled, so he didn't try to pull. He thought he was caught. So I was able to, like, kind of recover and hold him and, get you know, get back on him. Get back and on. It happened. So, I mean, I walked him a minute just to make sure he was not hurt. But right. he was fine. Um, he he was I, probably used to that sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, onward we go. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my goodness, that could have been, you know, you're always thinking, oh, my goodness, that could have been a disaster. Um, and then, um, of course, the famous rearing horse photo. That horse, yes. you know, that horse did get me off after, like, the third rear. He went sideways, and I went off of him. But um, he mainly he just he didn't want to be held by the herder, and the herder was kind of reluctant to let him go. And when I went to get back on, um, you know, where um, the translators and the vets are, like, you know, ch telling him to let it go, let mm -hmm. it go so she can get going. And that horse was actually, it was a great ride. He was an awesome horse. He just... He just he, wanted to be let go. He wanted to be let go, you know, so he didn't appreciate He had nowhere to go except straight up in the air, so... But he was a good horse. <laughs> your, um, your greatest kind of takeaway from this for anybody who's thinking about doing it? Yes, yeah, so, you know, what I have to say is... Um, that the biggest thing I took about it, which I think is like the most unexpected and life-changing thing was like I really felt 100% present in what I was doing. And like it made me realize how distracted we are. And even as focused as I can be as a vet, you know, and have tunnel vision, like there's always background noise. And with this, it was like just complete survival and focus on what I was doing. And it was very peaceful. Um, and also just gratitude, you know, to... <laughs> my body to the people that were helping um to the mongolians to the horses so that's great amazing adventure. experience yeah. a great adventure yeah tiffany thank you so much oh you're welcome that was so awesome oh, we got to uh, yeah. we we got to to share that and to learn about that we were certainly living vicariously oh through. perfect <laughs> Dr. Tiffany Atterbury, DBM, fantastic job. Congratulations. And whether you're in Ocala, Marion County, the horse capital of the world or not, happy horsing around. Till the same time next week. <laughs>